Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart People are gathered in a cavernous, windowless room. Harsh, artificial lighting fills the concrete structure, which hums with the drone of a generator. Tom Hanks paces as he speaks. Okay, okay, so, when I put my bloody handprint on the volleyball, that created ATAR? No, 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 Jesus, Tom, we've covered this already. Here, look at the board. Sam gestures to a large whiteboard covered in drawings, lines, and chaotic writing. See, ATAR has always existed, but not on this plane. He's influenced things and put you in the dream state that you experienced as Toy Story, but he did it from afar. When you put your handprint on the volleyball, it summoned him to this plane and bound ATAR to you. And why does the binding matter? The binding is everything! Your soul and Atar's soul are bound to each other on this plane. Neither one of you can be killed or banished from this realm while that bind exists. And as a Templar, my duty is to expel the Demon Prince Atar from our plane? Yes, you've got it. That's it. So we have to break the bind, but how? We destroy the object that brought him here. Suddenly, a heavy metal door slides open and a figure is silhouetted in the light pouring into the bunker. I have recovered it. You... you have the totem? Winslow steps between Luke, Sam, and Tom and produces a volleyball with a bloody handprint on it. Excellent work. Where did you find it? It washed ashore on the Faroe Islands. The Faroese had been corrupted by it. The things I had to do to retrieve it. It was in pursuit of a just cause, Winslow. It's okay. Now that we have it, what do we do? We destroy it. And then, we kill Atar. Hello and welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with 99 quirky community college minutes of economically gifted scooter boy Tom Hanks. (laughs) I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. 
and I am your chronic masturbator slash blog post writer. I am Luke Patrick. <laughs> and this week we watched 2011's Larry Crown. Luke, mm. hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Honestly, pretty good. So last week when we had the Jillians on, they said that we would, might be coming around. At some point in the near future, we might come around to Tom Hanks again. Uh-huh. And I feel like we were so down in the dumps. And Sam, I don't know what it was about this movie, but Larry Crown, it kind of it kind of did that for me. I'm feeling <gasps> back in the game a little bit more. I'm so glad to hear that because I'm in the exact same fucking boat. Holy mm-hmm. shit, Luke. It's turned all the way around on me. I'm having a good time. I was happy to see Tom. It's holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it was a real a George Bush 180. Uh <laughs> which is a 360 um, <laughs> from where I was before. And I think it's has something to do with the quality of the movie. It has something to do with the fact that this was a Playtone production written and directed by our boy Tom Hanks. Yes. Um, sort of the whole package. Something about it really rubbed me the right way. And I am so fucking excited to talk to you about this week. Yes, but first, yes, yes. Sam, how was your actual watch experience? How were those watch conditions? Okay. Uh, so I did not watch it last night. I didn't want to. I would. Re- I uh, was tired. I didn't feel like watching Tom Hanks. And uh, instead, uh, my wife and I watched the new season of Top Chef. Very good, by the way. Mm, um, nice. However, uh, I decided this morning I would watch it. And uh, Kenna was pretty apathetic about watching the movie. She was like, eh, I don't know, maybe... And so we just happened to get up at the same time this morning. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to start watching this movie. And so, you know, we were watching it together. And then she went to make some coffee. And she said, hey, can you pause the movie? Oh, and I said, what? I said, wait, hold on a second. And she said, <laughs> I might like it. Luke, this was a willing watch by McKenna first time in what feels like months yeah the first time in dozens of episodes uh that's happened she she was into it there were there were like good belly laughs from both of us Mm. Um, luke this was the most refreshing watch i've had in a long time it felt restorative and honestly i think it's the jillians i think i think they brought this fresh energy to us we're we're in the 2010s now, and I think mm-hmm. they they really sort of helped helped rejuvenate us. Yeah, it's entirely possible. And a real quick plug: if you want to check out their podcast, it is the Sick Girl Missives, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, um, please give it a listen. Their most recent episode was spectacular. Hmm. Well, nice, man. I'm so glad to hear that it turned around on you and that you had a willing participant this time around, plus the belly yeah. laughs. I don't know that I ever actually fully belly laughed, but it did get a snicker from me at a few oh, okay. a few choice locations, and we can, we can talk about that for sure. Oh, sure. So, so how was your watch? Man, I think, to your point, maybe I did more prep this time. So, like, I finished up work. I ma- managed to include a space in between shutting down the work machine and booting up this movie, which is available on a streaming service, thank God. We haven't yes. had to pay for a movie in quite a while, which I'm pretty pleased about. It's been a minute, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I actually took a walk. I went to the nearest grocery store and got a, uh, a large, well-known branded green tea uh, <laughs> and took it back, let it refrigerate for a little bit, got it nice and cool, booted this thing up, got out my notes, and uh, Sam, it was an easy, breezy 99 minutes of watch time. Mm-hmm. Uh, cooked another lasagna during this process, which is something I've, I've really started taking a shine to. Okay. It was just a really... It was a comfortable ass experience, the lazy boy of uh, uh, movie experiences, if you will. Okay, good, good. So I know we touched on this a little bit last week, and I didn't want to burden the Jillians with it, but um, tell me about your lasagna. <laughs> so it's nothing special, just a uh, a Trader Joe's branded lasagna, meat lasagna. Uh, oh, okay. See, I had assumed that you were like making this bad boy. Nah, I didn't, I didn't have that amount of time. And uh, I got to tell you, it's pretty nice to boot up a Tom Hanks and then during the duration of a Tom Hanks movie, just to know in the back of my mind that there's a hot lasagna in the oven. It's it's going to be ready by the time I'm done with the film and then I can eat and watch something else. Although this week wasn't as big of a burden. Didn't immediately try to sort of drown out the taste of it with a palate cleanser the minute the film was done. Right, it yeah. Was, uh, it was a nice little transition into lasagna town. Good. So um, are you kind of an edge uh, piece kind of guy? Do you prefer mm. a corner or a middle middle section of your la- lasagna? Oh, with my lasagna, I am definitely an edge myself kind of guy. I will edge myself until the day I die. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, for you sure. Get you those, need those edge. You got to yeah. get those crispy bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where all the good tasty parts are. Yeah, otherwise, uh, it's just real wet and gloppy, uh, mm-hmm. which, I mean, is good. But you need some of that textural sort of uh, variety in there. Yeah, we it's the the rest of a lasagna is what I would typically refer to as slutty food, which is mm, any yeah. food that's just kind of messy and gets yes. all over the place and is delicious. So it's still delicious, but it's definitely what I would what I would term as, as slut food, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Sure. Uh, well, Luke, let's let's dig right in. <laughs> what you what you think of it? Oh, should we do a plot really quick? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so this one doesn't really map exactly to a three-act structure because it is a classic Playtone movie in the sense that there's not a ton of danger or high stakes. Uh, it's kind of just an experience. Uh, or as my wife put it, that was a movie about a very pleasant man doing pleasant things. Yes. Um, so I figure we just sort of talk about this, but the basic gist is that Tom Hanks is a Navy veteran who's fired from his big box store job. Uh, because he doesn't have a college education, so he decides to go back to college. It is Tom Hanks Goes to Community College, the movie starring Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts. He starts taking Julia Roberts' class, uh, which I definitely want to talk about this class uh, here in a second. Um, But yeah, hijinks ensue. He meets a nice lady named Talia. Talia? Uh Yeah. Uh, He gets a scooter. He joins a scooter gang with Talia. Um, he learns some new things about himself. He slowly comes out of his shell a little bit. He has some romantic encounters with Julia Roberts because this is a romantic comedy by Billing, uh, which we can talk about whether or not it actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it culminates with uh, Julia Roberts divorcing Brian Cranston, who is her husband, and ends up getting together with a newly minted Tom who's completed his first semester of college 
and has moved out of his expensive house and into a nice little apartment. A tasty little dig, uh, if I do say so myself, looks oh, quite yeah. nice. Uh, that's kind of it. That's the broad sketches. And then I am so excited to dig into some specific details. But Sam, do you have anything else to add to the plot here? Um, no, I don't really think so. I th- oh, uh, he does learn a lot about economics. Mm, from George Takei, who's the economics professor. Yes. Uh, uh, who also wrote the economics class textbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the course pack, I think he yes. refers to it as. Yeah. Yes. Um, but otherwise you really hit all, all of it. So nice. Let's, let's dig right in. Luke, what's your review? What do you think? So (laughs) I think, you know what, at this point, it doesn't even matter what I, what I rate the movie as like, we are so far beyond the point of being able to put star ratings on these films. So Mm -hmm. I'll say this. I had a fun time watching this movie. Uh, I had a pretty pleasant time overall. Uh-huh. The movie is, like I said, a pretty classic Tom Hanks experience. We've seen some other movies that he's written and directed. Uh, and this one definitely falls into that bucket of there's there's no stakes. Like at no point is there really any danger of anything happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but the romance was pretty solid-ish. Uh, the jokes were pretty good. The cast list is insane. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, we got all the people we've already mentioned. We've got Cedric the Entertainer. We've got um, Taraji P. Henson, mm-hmm. um, Rami Malik, Par- Rami Malik, Randall Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, let me think. Uh, shit, I know there are other people in here. Oh yeah, yeah. Sarah Levy, I think is her name. Uh, Dan and Eugene Levy's, or not? Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. From Shit's Creek, she's in this movie. Oh, okay. She's part um, of the class. Brian Cranston? I mm-hmm. I don't remember if you mentioned Brian, but he's here. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about Brian fucking Cranston in oh, this movie. we're going to talk about sure. Brian Cranston. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I had a great time with this movie. Sam, how did you, how did it hit you? Let me just tell you, in, in the words of Tom Hanks in this movie, spectacular. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luke, I had, like, the best fucking time with this movie. Uh, like, I, maybe this is a sign that, that I've fully, fully broken down, um, and that there's just nothing left in my brain other than just, like, sort of a pile of mush and old discarded trash, but, Mm -hmm. um, this might be my favorite movie that we've seen. Oh, what? (laughs) I loved it. Holy shit, dude. Luke, I fucking loved it so much. Holy shit, Sam. (laughs) This is a revelation. Are you fucking kidding me? It's so good. (laughs) I loved it so much. Oh, my God. Damn. Yeah, Luke, it's just fucking good. I... I enjoyed so much of it. My wife enjoyed this movie so much. I mean, like, look, we'll watch a movie, and she does not usually laugh, like, a whole lot, even yeah. during, like, a movie that she genuinely, like, finds funny. Dude, she was cackling. She was cackling what? at points. Yes! It's so good. See, I, I had a great time with it, and I'm not mm-hmm. questioning that. Um, but I I definitely don't think it's my favorite favorite tom hanks movie that we've watched so far but what you're positing is that uh, out of all of the the 40 
viewing experiences that we've had with Tom Hanks, this is your absolute favorite? Uh, okay. So, I still love the Burbs. I still love yeah. the Burbs. Do not get me wrong. I think the Burbs is almost certainly a better movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, let's, this one, top three. Top I will, three, okay. I will say, as far as just viewing experience goes, um, this this one's the best. I had the nice. best viewing experience of this this whole time. It took 40 40 fucking weeks <laughs> but i finally had a good viewing experience nice well holy shit and hey while we're here let's just do this let's break down your top three real quick i mean it's it's the burbs it's this and then mm-hmm. it's that third spot that's that hard one man the third spot this is where the rubber meets the hanks Mm-hmm. Um. It hmm. Hmm. All right, you got lots of options. You got Castaway, Road to Perdition, Charlie Willie's War. Uh, we got the early stuff, Bachelor Party, Volunteers. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna pick fucking Volunteers, Luke. Uh, <laughs> now I'm I'm gonna say this is this is really sort of sort of. Uh, wimping out on on the on the choice, but I'm gonna say it's a two way tie between Castaway mm-hmm. and Charlie Willie's War. Mm, nice. See, this is exactly we're in the same headspace because I think my ranking definitely goes uh, Castaway at the top. This is probably wait, sorry, the Burbs at the top, then Castaway, and then probably Charlie Willie's War. With this maybe coming in at a, at a close four. Okay. So okay. if I, as far as viewing viewing experiences go, and pleasure received during a viewing experience, uh huh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I was so happy with this, Luke. Mm-hmm. I was so so fucking happy with this goddamn movie. I love it. I even let me tell you, I the scooter people when I first met mm-hmm. them, I said I hate these people. And then we spent like <laughs> three more minutes with them, and I was like, no, I like the scooter people. Nice, man. Well, we should talk about the Scooter Gang. Uh, I do have one final ranking question for you, though, because I think I know what the answer is, and it's going to be pretty funny. Sam, what was the worst experience you've had so far? <sighs> um, ooh, shit. Uh, it was definitely Lady Killers. Yes, it was Lady Killers. Yeah. Yep, that was the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, just easily the worst. Um. Though I gotta tell you, uh, frankly, a close second was Forrest Gump. Really? Man, <laughs> I've had several people tell me through communications uh, that you, they, you you surprised them with how vehemently you hated Forrest Gump. Yeah. So that, uh, that really surprises me, and especially given Tom Hanks' like most notable movies, mm-hmm. is, uh, I think, a pretty universal <laughs> surprise. Yeah, my coworkers have had some choice words for me after listening to that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been a controversial <laughs> choice, but people, I will not back down. That movie fucking sucks. I had a yeah. miserable time with it, and fuck that movie to death. But this one, Luke, this one's so much better, and everyone should fucking watch Larry Crown. Yeah, Larry Crown, it's available on Amazon Prime for free. 
Oh. Uh, pretty great time. So, Sam, you mentioned the scooter people in this movie. Tom Hanks joins up with the ranks of uh, joins the ranks of a scooter gang, mm-hmm. um, and is given a new name, which is Lance Corona. I yeah. think. Yeah, Lance uh, Corona. Very powerful name. Very powerful. <laughs> yeah, a lot of power in that name. Um, yeah, the scooter people—they're just pleasant. It's yeah. a good time. Yeah, even the like jealous boyfriend of Talia, who is yeah. like pretty fucking chill with like i mean he doesn't like it but he's also like pretty chill about like how close tom and talia seem to be yeah he's kind of presented as a cuckold like he himself kind of presents that because when they first he's like you know everybody falls in love with talia and that's okay but you just need to know that i love her the most Mm -hmm. and uh sort of throughout the movie we get glimpses at his sort of mental stance which does seem to be Leaning towards uh, the cuckoo bird. It, uh, yes. And can I just say that handshake scene right after he tells Tom that, like, he's going to fall in love with Talia, that mm-hmm. handshake scene fucking filled me with so much joy where it's just <laughs> uh, the boyfriend instructing Tom on how to, like, shake hands in real time where he's like, now shake. Nope, not too strong. Well, strong. No, it's not a contest. Mm-hmm. eye contact eye contact and it's just oh it's so good yeah there's a lot of good characters in this movie which i think we've lacked in previous playtone movies yeah like there's a lot of good ones so i really dug him i well okay here's the question who is your favorite celebrity cameo in this movie or favorite celebrity uh actor playing playing a bit role it's got to be uh rami malik uh steve, really steve dibiase uh again extremely good and powerful name mm-hmm. uh, but also just his like fucking <laughs> like weed hound fucking character <laughs> was so good and Luke he ended the semester with a C plus I was so proud of him yeah so for those at home Rami Malek plays uh, as Sam has described him a total stoner just brick for a brain guy in the class mm-hmm. uh yeah he's awesome um anytime he has to get up to give a speech uh you know you're in for a great time yes yeah national treasure rami malik playing the stoner or the stoner as tom hanks imagines a stoner which is yeah. sort of just a dumb person uh pretty much yeah yeah yep 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 i gotta tell you man i think my favorite though was george takei hands down Oh, I mean, look, he's a close second. George Takei mm-hmm. was so fucking good, and I do, I, I have a theory uh, about George Takei. Okay. Uh, in this movie, and I think it's that George Takei and Tom Hanks actually just share that cell phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, as frequently and as comfortably as they exchange that phone, I think they yeah. actually just share it. Referencing the fact that George Takei keeps taking Tom Hanks' cell phone during the class, mm-hmm. uh, during the economics class. Yeah, I think they share a burner between them. I mean, that's a great way to, sh- to, to use a burner phone, really, mm-hmm. is to just sort yeah. of spread it around. Spread around the liability. Folks yeah. at home, that's how you use a burner. And, like, what more reliable person to share a fucking burner with than an economist? Yeah, I mean it's and not only that, but George Takei, the economist. Yeah. Uh, that's a great way to go for sure. Oh, Luke, I, I'm beaming over here. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, you've got a serious glow today. I'm <laughs> loving this look on you. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. I was happy to see Tom. 
at at the at the beginning of the movie though, I'll admit he looked not good. Yeah, I think that was intentional. They seem yes. to make him look a little bit more drab and sort of blotchy. Uh-huh. And uh, like he, he works for a big box and he's not really enjoying his life. He had some some real and and maybe no disrespect intended here, but some real Bill Murray vibes at the <laughs> beginning of the movie. He just kind of looked like like kind of from the back. He looked like Bill Murray. Yeah, uh, that I makes just, some sense. And then by the end of the movie, Luke, Tom looked pretty fucking good. Yeah, hey, when so part of the plot is that Talia gives him a remake or uh, a, a makeover, uh-huh. <laughs> a remake. <Yeah. laughs> they remake Tom Hanks uh, <laughs> in a new image. Um, they give him a haircut, they give him some new clothes. And I gotta say, man, revamped Tom was doing it for me. He really yeah. looks pretty great. He looked fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. He just looked real good. And, and Luke, on that note... Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Tom Hanks cock. <laughs> because, Luke, we get an extended scene of Tom yes. in tidy whities And, Luke, I did pause the movie. And I did a close analysis of his mm. dick and those tidy whities I was and, hoping you would, my man. I was hoping oh, you would. Yeah. You know I did. And mm-hmm. first of all, he's definitely packing something. But I did also notice that he was 100% hiding his big meaty clackers between his dummy thick thighs. <laughs> so sort of a, uh, a uh, uh, you know, hiding it between the mesas here. Yes. Hiding the boulder between the mesas. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. But oh man, I like I rewound the film. I paused it. I I looked. I mean, I was really just staring into yeah into the belly of the beast, if you will. And sure, I was impressed. He's he's nice. got some stuff going on. And then he turns around and bends over, and mm-hmm. you get you get a good view of his ass because you do look. Frankly, you see his crack through the tidy whities. Yeah. And uh he's look, no no pair of tidy whities does any anything good to anyone's butt. There's just yeah. no way to look good uh in tidy whities. But even so Tom seemed to he he's got some, some nice hams back there. Yeah, the man's got a serious bubble butt that cannot be hidden by any amount of generic <laughs> Hanes. That's yeah. for sure. I did notice that I did not do a scientific study of the front meats, uh, but I am I'm glad to hear that there's more evidence for our theory, uh, which I don't even think is a theory at this point. I think it's just a confirmed fact yeah. that uh, Tom Hanks is packing in a huge way. And we've conclusively shown that through the course of this podcast. I think so. It's sort of uh, really less a conspiracy quarter and more just like us kind of stating a, a case for the United States justice system. Yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, so glad to have some more some more fodder to throw into that engine. And Sam, speaking of front meets, I'm dying to talk to you about Brian Cranston in this film. Can we please talk about Brian Cranston? Let's get in this dirty, nasty Cranston. <laughs> nasty Cranston. So really quick, Brian Cranston plays the husband of Julie Roberts, the uh, speech professor. Yes, I guess uh, is her job. We can talk about that too. Um, 
But he's a stay-at-home guy, former writer, former professor, who claims that he's writing blog posts. Uh, but it is heavily hinted at that mostly what he's doing all day is wanking. Yeah. And Sam, I gotta ask, how much do you think he's jerking it that this is such a problem in their relationship? Well, okay. So it's one of two things. Mm -hmm. It's either he is masturbating to completion multiple times a day, and I'm thinking at least five. Yeah, five um, for sure, yeah. Uh, or he's gooner baiting all day and then painting the <laughs> walls at the end of the day. Yes, this is why I asked. Okay, <laughs> so I'm thinking actually that it's it's still the former, I think, because I don't think he would have the discipline to go the distance uh, based on what we know from his character. Maybe. Maybe what he's doing is he's... Maybe he changes it up, or maybe mm. he's trying to get to a point where he can gooner bait. He can, yeah. like, edge himself for seven hours straight, and then just right before Julie gets home, just, <laughs> and, and paint the walls. <laughs> yeah, that makes some sense. Uh, I do just love the idea of him in short bursts throughout the day, just really going to town upwards of a dozen times a day, to the point where when she comes home, you know, the evidence is littered all over the place. There's Kleenex all over the floors. And he's a dried husk of a human being. And yeah. she's like, what the fuck have you been doing all day? And and the the sort of raw ground beet, uh, beef meat of his penis <laughs> being the ultimate sign that he has just destroyed himself yeah. um, ple through pleasure. Do you think he also has, like, an oil drum-sized container of uh, lubricant? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think it's in the garage, and every morning he goes out with a ladle and a <laughs> mug, and he just ladles out a bunch into a mug that says, number one dad, <laughs> even though they don't have kids, and then proceeds to just wax himself silly for the rest of the day. He just sort of dips his hand in the mug and just slathers mm -hmm. away. Yeah, he's got a system. This is a man who has, has turned pro yeah. at wanking. <laughs> and I also want to talk about, so the porn that he looks at is the yes. tamest shit I have ever seen in my life. Yes, 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 yes. So I watched this with uh, everybody else in my house, and we all thought the exact same thing and pointed it out because his porn is in quotes because it's essentially just pinups. And or, like, bra advertisements is basically it. I'm not even sure that I would say pinup, because that mm. would imply, like, some sort of, like, seductive quality. It's just very busty women in bikinis. Yeah, and then he's looking at it and saying stuff like, yeah, daddy-like, I like yeah. you that. And there's still images. That's what I love, is <laughs> that he's, like, engaging with it as though it is, like, you know, like a video or some sort of, like, product with like motion and a plot but no it is a still image of a woman with large boobs in a bikini and he's like yeah daddy likey yeah daddy yeah. likey yeah, yeah which yeah, give that's, it to me <laughs> there's our episode title daddy likey um. <laughs> also i love the name of it is bra busters triple x yeah I mean, it's a, clearly a branded product and something that he's consuming, but uh, this see, this is the thing with all Tom Hanks movies, and I put this in my notes as well, is that the era in which this movie is set, it's theoretically 2011, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but everything's everything is a little bit older. Did you notice that everything just kind of seems yeah. like it's like barely the two thousands? Uh huh. Yeah. There's there's definitely a vibe that like some of this is out of time. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like the phones they're all using, it's mm-hmm. all dumb phones. Well, uh, he's looking at still images instead of video in twenty eleven. Well, and here's the thing about the dumb phone comment is that. George Takei takes up Tom's, well, I guess his and Tom's shared flip phone mm-hmm. and calls it a smartphone, and it decidedly is not a smartphone. <laughs> but I just, I want to I wanna jump back to Brian just for a second because yeah, yeah. I, I love that his, basically his final line is him driving away from Julia Roberts yelling, I like big knockers! <laughs> <laughs> it just really got me. Yeah. It's uh I mean the man's playing the role to the T, I will say. He's he's kind of an asshole, but he knows what he wants, and essentially his entire life revolves around, as he puts it, big knockers. Yes. This is a man with a, a dedicated focus. And and on that note of him playing the role, Luke, I've got a, a sort of uh throwback bit here. It is IMDB facts brought to you by McKenna. What? We haven't done IMDb facts. Well, I guess she hasn't been a willing participant yeah. in so long. <laughs> I, I have begged her for IMDb facts before to, to help pull me out of the nosedive of some of these movies, and she has refused. But no, yeah. uh, so really the only one I have is that Brian Cranston found out he was going to be playing Julia, excuse me, Julia Roberts' husband. And so he went on like an accelerated workout and diet regimen so that he could like like look like thinner and like more mm-hmm. cut and he also bleached his teeth so that he could be convincingly someone that like Julia Roberts would marry. Oh, that's kind of sweet when you think about it. It is. It's like I mean, it's also a little disparaging that Brian Cranston looked at himself and said Julia Roberts could never be with this. <laughs> I have to change everything about myself and then he was yeah. like, "Yes, now I now now I can live up to Julia's standards. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. I would love to know if that happens more often. Like somebody gets cast in a role, then looks at themselves self-deprecatingly in a mirror and is like, uh, you know, Halle Berry would never marry this. Yeah, I gotta not, hit the woodshed. <laughs> God, that's really amazing. What a fucking fact for McKenna this oh, week. I know. It brought me life. Like the rest mm-hmm. of this movie. Um, yeah. I, uh, let's see. Tom finally made an, uh, an omelet in this one. Mm-hmm. I was so excited because, you know, in, I think it was Turner and Hooch. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We see him sort of foreplay an omelet, but never quite reach completion with the exactly. omelet. And we get completion this time. One hell of an omelet gooner bait. Yeah. God damn. See, I love watching this man cook, too, because it's clear that Tom... I mean, Tom knows his way around a kitchen, it he seems does. like. He does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in fact, that that is going to bring me to, to invite in one of our old guests. Luke, it's the mm-hmm. breakfast wizard. Hello, <laughs> it's me, the breakfast wizard. Damn, breakfast wizard. I don't remember the last time we actually saw you. It was a long, long time ago. It was one time time during the Green Mile. (laughs) 
I forgot you were in the Green Mile. Yeah. Yes, and and I'd like to tell you about one of my other favorite breakfasts. Okay. Yeah, hit me with it, breakfast wizard. It's it's the exact way that Tom makes French toast. Mm, oh, and, in laborious detail when he tells yes. the class about it. Yeah. Yes, it's with bread, eggs, milk, vanilla extract, oil or butter if you bring naughty. Cinnamon, <laughs> nutmeg, and eggs. Now, you might think, ooh, did Tom just accidentally mention eggs twice? No! The way I like my French toast is that it has bits of hard-boiled egg baked right into it. Mmm, that's a new take on French toast, breakfast wizard, but you're the breakfast wizard, so mm. I guess I trust you. skiddle dee <laughs> I love my breakfasts. <laughs> Well, nice breakfast wizard. Do you have anything else to add, or was that it? <laughs> that was pretty much the tall and short of it. Is I love my hard-boiled <laughs> eggs with my French toasts. Yeah, I guess we'll all have to give it a go, just on your behalf, there, breakfast wizard. Mmm, tatty bye. <laughs> okay, and he's gone. Look at that. Yeah, that was uh, it. He, uh, he turned is... into a. a bat made of biscuits and he flew away nice man the the biscuit bat everybody knows breakfast wizard turns into a biscuit bat <laughs> yeah <laughs> he can turn into all manner of breakfast related animals yeah um well sam do you have any quick thoughts or anything for me before uh maybe we, we had to head somewhere else for a little bit uh sure yeah uh let's see i um i love that tom hanks is a gps wizard Mm-hmm. Dude fucking he fixes Julia Roberts GPS like it was his job. Like the man fucking blows through menus. He's tearing up this UI. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh and then let's see. Uh what actually, what did you think of the kiss? He and Julia Roberts kiss and Ooh. and then Julia Roberts f- fully dry humps him. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. This is uh, after Brian Cranston yells that he likes big knockers uh, yes. and gets arrested for a DUI. Both he and Julie Roberts are pretty tanked, mm-hmm. uh, and she hits on Tom. Um, not the greatest, I not, will say. Not a great kiss. It brought a smile not, yeah. to my face because I hmm. actually really wanted their characters to get together. Gotcha. Uh, okay. I wasn't as invested, so it did seem a little... A little gross, uh, most of Julia Roberts' end of things. Um, oh, but sure. <laughs> yeah. Tom I mean, also acted through that sort of like a plank of wood. I mean, he didn't really bring anything to the scene outside of afterwards. Uh, classic Tom, removing the sexuality of the scene. Um, she closes the door and sees through the peephole. Him do sort of a success dance, Yes, I will say, mm-hmm. uh, which is very energetic and very Tom. It's very physical comedy, and I, I did really yeah. enjoy that part. See, I again throughout this movie, Tom just reacts like a normal person in this uh, in in these situations, like just a normal, like kind of good natured mm-hmm. person, and I kind of love it because, mm-hmm. like, too often we get we get movies, Luke, where it's people acting extraordinarily. You know, you yeah. get Liam Neeson in Taken, and yeah. he's you know murdering people and doing some light to intense torture. And chasing people down. Luke, I can't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. I how am I supposed to get enthralled 
and and fully immersed in this movie if I can't do it. But this, yeah, uh, sort of, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, awkwardly having to kiss my professor while she dry humps me and then like being being unsure about it. Yeah, yeah. I that's like I would get that. <laughs> this is the anti Wick. When you think about it, the anti-John Wick. Uh, This (laughs) is an everyman in every sense of the word. (laughs) The anti-Wick film. Yes. Um, But I will say the kiss was not good. He kind of looked like he was just Mm -hmm. sort of like, I don't know, sucking on her neck. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. But then we've also shown throughout the course of history that uh, Tom Hanks is probably not the greatest kisser. Going all the way back to Volunteers. Yeah. Uh, with possibly the grossest kiss we've ever Ooh, seen on boy. film. Boy, just a gross kiss. Um, mm-hmm. uh, on on his uh, his wife Rita Wilson, who was in this one as well as Chet fucking Hanks. I was about to say this was a family affair, so I got two things to say. One, Chet Hanks' role as a sleazy delivery man, completely believable. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't even think he was cast. Think he was just working a job and showed up. Yeah. Um, well, two. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go I, ahead. No, I think the only reason that I think that he wasn't just doing his normal thing is that he didn't say anything racially insensitive. <laughs> yeah, on TikTok, he wasn't out here blasting uh, blasting the airwaves with his specific flavor, old Chet Hayes. Yeah, um, fuck that guy. Tom, talk to your son. He's a he's a complete fuck up. Please fix him. Yeah. Um, but I did really enjoy seeing Rita Wilson financially dominate Tom Hanks because in oh, this movie yeah. she's a banker who has him by the short and curlies as far as his financial situation goes, which does really blend well with our theory that uh, Rita has sort of a dom-sub relationship with her mm-hmm. husband because uh, she just completely financially owns him in this oh, film. Oh, she does. Mm-hmm. Though, I mean, at the end he's just like, yeah, I'm going to default on my mortgage. And she's like, oh, God, please don't do that. I I mean, I think partially because she's like, no, I can't, I can't lose control of this sub. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she didn't really have a choice. No, no, he backs out of their arrangement. But for a brief, uh, you know, forty minutes of this movie or so, she does really, really just stay on top of him, just rides him real hard financially. Oh yeah. And uh, I did enjoy that a lot. Well, well, Luke, do you, do you have any other sort of loose assorted thoughts? Now, you covered it mostly by mentioning that Chet Hanks is in this movie. Um, that was wild. So that's pretty much the, the tall and short of it for me, my friend. Well, uh, in that case, Luke, um, I have uh, a, a bunch of financial statements that Tom Hanks himself has sort of looked over, and now I need to take those all the way uh, to the Hanks Bank. Would you like to come nice. with me? Yeah, let's head on over. Let's go. Luke, I need you to drop mysterious hints about your past life and come with me to the Conspiracy Corner. Hell fucking yes. Alright, Luke, uh, it's it's pretty light this time, but mm-hmm. I do think it gives us a few uh, revelations about Tom. So, he says kind of earlier on in the movie that uh, he spent 20 years in the Navy as a cook? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. <laughs> I don't think he was in the Navy. Oh, man. I have a feeling I know where this is going, and I'm so here for it. I think he's referring to his time in Israel's Mossad. Mm-hmm. 
And because uh, he talks about how he traveled all over the world and he saw, you know, everything and that he went around the world five times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's just that's just Tom's Mossad, you know, actions all over the world. I mean, we did see him go to Afghanistan. Yeah, that actually matches up so well with, uh, I mean, volunteers. Mm-hmm. Dude was in South or Central America. I don't remember which. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was actually Southeast Asia, but you know. Oh shit! You're totally <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, it's been a long time since we've seen that film. <laughs> it, it was, in your defense, it was filmed in Mexico. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Uh, the two were linked to my brain, but not in reality. So <laughs> forgive me, listeners, for that. But hey, we also get to see him uh, gallivanting around Europe in the mm-hmm. Da Vinci Code. Exactly. Um, yeah, we've seen him be quite the, the globetrotter. Yes, and it has been about 20 years that it seems mm. that he was working with Israel's Mossad. And yeah, so I, yeah. I think he is referencing this. And and I think kind of the the other things that point to this is that um, he he seems to know Chinese. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentions that Lance Corona is his secret identity. Mm-hmm. And then he does say, I don't do many things well, but I can keep a secret. Yeah. Hey, fuck, he does. He does mm-hmm. say that. He absolutely does. And so, Luke, I think this is a sign that uh, that Tom has actually left Israel's Mossad. Um, I, I think he's sort of hung up his his uh, spy cap. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think he's he's sort of uh, moved on from that. Man, what but, a revelation. That's 20 years of Tom Hanks life right there working for the Mossad just to hang yeah. it up overnight. That's uh, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, I think he maintains those skills, but um, but I think he's he's seen sort of a higher calling, and that's referenced when uh, right before he leaves uh, his house for the last time, and he's mm-hmm. hanging out with everyone in the neighborhood. He's having pizza, and he's sitting on a couch with Cedric the Entertainer and Taraji P. Jen- uh, Henson, and uh, and everyone else who lives in the neighborhood. And Luke, I don't I don't know if you notice this, but that scene, that shot looked so much like the last supper <laughs> i did not but now that you mention it it does bear a striking resemblance to that and so i think tom has left the Mossad for a higher calling which is of course as the person who has furthered christ's bloodline with the christ child who he discovered in the da vinci code mm-hmm. nice so, man yeah he's embraced his role as a templar and also as Christ's, uh, I guess the new, the father of the new generation of Christ's bloodline. Mm-hmm. And nice. So and then took a brief stint in community college, sort of in between. You know what? We all need some time and space yeah. to get our thoughts together and figure out what we're doing with our lives. And uh, you could do worse than take George Takei's economics class. Exactly, and it really seems to pay off for. Him. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, it's a pretty short one this week but but i think it it gives us a good insight into kind of uh how tom has is sort of changed in his uh sort of older age uh, yeah and, a real and a real things... transition if you will a yes. real transition episode exactly uh so so luke i hear mm-hmm. i hear you've got an idea uh yeah so 
Here's what I'm thinking. So mm-hmm. I definitely enjoyed this movie. Um, but like I said, there are definitely some things about it that uh, I think could be improved. And in fact, I'll give you this Roger Ebert quote. Uh, Ooh, okay. He said of the film, he gave it two stars out of four and stated a good premise and a colorful supporting cast. But what it doesn't have is a reason for existing. Which is uh, some harsh words from Roger Ebert there. Yeah, and I would um, maybe disagree because it did bring me unbridled joy. <laughs> yeah, for you specifically, this was a phenomenal watch. But Sam, I think we could do better. So I think maybe it's time for a sequel pitch of Ooh, Larry okay. Crown. If you're down to revamp this thing and give it a sequel. Sure, let's do mm-hmm. it. Nice. So I've got the name already. Do you want to hear what I've come up with for the name? Uh, Fuck yeah, I do. It is Larry Crown to the Crowning. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, Luke, it does sound like we're making a porno. And yeah, I need you to tell me that we're not making a porno. Yeah, definitely. As as with this movie, nothing about this is going to be pornographic, even the porn. Um, okay. Although we can talk about that. I mean, maybe if we do reference porn in this film, maybe we actually include real porn. That's that's up to you. <laughs> I, I Sam, think not. What do you What are you feeling for the premise of this? Do you think uh, we should have it pick up where we left off with Larry Crown? Should we maybe move this in a different direction? How are you feeling about it? Uh, so I think I would like for this to continue uh, Larry's uh, community college career. Mm, okay, yeah, me too. I think that's what I'd like to see. And, and I think specifically I'd like to see him um, kind of... Uh, furthering his economic expertise because mm, he does pick up a lot in this movie he really becomes quite the economics expert yeah I mean he's fucking great mm-hmm. and and I I think maybe and and tell me if I'm overstepping here I think maybe the crowning is that we see that that Tom realizes that his crowning achievement could be the creation of his own diner where he's the executive chef Oh and, shit! Uh, and and he also runs the financials for it because he's so fucking good at economics. Mm-hmm. And that would mirror this movie so well, while providing a way for us to up the stakes. Because Talia opens, she drops out of college to yes. open her own like thrift store. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in this movie, you're saying we got Tom. He's in community college. He's busting his ass to get through the books, uh-huh. while also trying to open up his own diner. Yes, I well. Fuck yeah! I I think maybe he gets he maybe gets to the end of the semester. I think maybe we kind of rush through the semester a little bit. Okay, okay, okay. And he's like, I finally know what I want to do because part of this was like this sort of aimless, like I need to go to college so I can figure out what I can do. Yes. And, and I think it's like I finally get it. I finally know what I can do. I want to start my own diner, Larry's yes, Diner. Yes, yes, yes. Because I mean. Okay. Fuck, it's so good. Maybe he buys it from Frank? I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I love the name, but might it also be Lance's or Lance Corona's? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, Right? (laughs) Lance Corona's food stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Got it in one. I think that's it for (laughs) sure. Lance Corona's food stuffs is pretty excellent. Uh, And uh, and so I, I think... Um, you know, he's kind of putting together a business plan. I think he's, I think he and, you know, Julia Roberts 
are you know still still together um Mm -hmm. and and maybe we see some stress with like she's like but uh but Larry, like, there's, it's not a guarantee that it'll work out. And he's like, but my, my debt to profit ratio says that, that it'll be okay mm-hmm. in 15 years or, you know, something. I don't know economics, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I, th- I think maybe that's kind of some of our tension. Nice. Um, I yeah, think. Yeah. Inject a little, a little tension into that relationship. Yeah. And maybe, maybe he hires Steve DiBiase. Mm, yes, that's how we get him back, and that's how we get Rami Malek back into this into this feature flick. hundred yes. percent. I want him to be on the line, forgetting things like mixing up onions and like lettuce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want him to be making mistakes. I want him to be stoned, exactly like he is in this movie, just a line cook instead. And then I I think maybe part of it is also like Steve's journey. Like what what is his role in society? Um, and mm. I, I think it's him realizing that, like, actually, he's really good at marketing for Lance Corona's foodstuffs <laughs> uh, and also like his front of house. Yeah, the man can chief a joint and he can chief a marketing department. Exactly. It turns out. Uh, and so so, I mean, what else do you see happening in this flick? So I would like to see just to add some grit, because that's what we're really missing in this film is a little bit of grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's take out some of the pleasantness. I do want to see a deeper dive into Julia Roberts implied alcoholism in this film. Ooh, um, yeah. She was referenced as one point at one point by Brian Cranston as Boozilla, uh-huh. uh, which I thought was a pretty good, a pretty good quip. Um, so I think maybe in this film we actually take a deeper dive into that part. So as the relationship becomes a little strained because of uh, Lance Corona's foodstuffs uh, and maybe her teaching career isn't going just super well, she does sort of dive back into the bottle or the slushy, which I did enjoy in this movie. Is That's how alcoholism is presented is that lots of just like alcoholic slushies get mm-hmm. consumed uh, is her Luke, drink of choice. I think I have it. Mm-hmm. I think I have it. I think Tom is a little more like absent because he's working on Lance Corona's foodstuffs. And, and so Julia not having anything, you know, to, to really occupy that, that time that she was spending with Tom Mm -hmm. is now drinking way more heavily. And so I think that starts to pull Tom away from Lance Corona's foodstuffs. And it starts, you know, really grating on him. And he's like, "Look, you you gotta get this together. You gotta you gotta stop." And uh, and they have a big fight um, where he's like, "You have to stop drinking." And she's like, "But you're not here because you're all tied up with your fucking <laughs> restaurant." And he's like, "But I love you, and I'm doing this for you." Yes. And uh, I think it gets really heated. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I think. I think maybe she decides to go to rehab and then in mm. that time he gets Lance Corona's like going and then yeah. when she comes out like it's successful and he and like he's like I love you so much look what I've done for you and maybe Lance Corona's is shaped like Julia Roberts <laughs> <laughs> fuck yes dude god I would pay so much money to see this movie are you kidding me yeah and and like I think do we want it to still be a diner or do we want it to be like a like a like five star fine dining establishment? I think it, as a twist, it is actually a naval themed oh, uh, theme restaurant. 
<laughs> centered around the Navy, possibly shore leave. I think this is a shore leave themed restaurant. Uh, so we got like a halfway between a tiki bar uh, and a dive bar, but with food. Uh, and, and it's maybe food that he like f- from like all the places that he saw. So it's like this mm-hmm. international kind of menu. Yes. God, I love that. It's a huge fusion experiment with a, a seedy side to it, but also a really nice, lovely tiki theme. Uh, that is Lance Corona's foodstuffs for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, do you think do you think Brian Cranston comes back? Hmm. I think we have to bring him back for sure. But I think maybe as like, okay, so we've got competing love interests. How about mm-hmm. that? We, we roll him in as a potential competing love interest for Julia Roberts because maybe he's he's also been to rehab for his gooner baiting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he's like, <laughs> I can I can finally come in like the same hour that I start. Yeah, and I don't spend my entire day looking at uh, you know, that site, uh, whatever it was called. Uh, I Brawbusters Triple X. Yeah, that was it. Um, I now actually write things again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a successful blogger, so we have him sort of as a stability zone, uh, a jerking off free stability zone. The man is clean and sober. And and uh, maybe and- maybe he's like I I hate big boobs now because that was also a fight that he was like <laughs> I love big boobs and you don't have them and so now yes. he's like I hate big boobs I have to like sort of separate myself from big boobs because that's like my my like trigger yeah so, so he's like I God I, I love that I love small boobs now Julia mm-hmm. take me back um and and like. Luke, 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 Luke. I have it. I have it. I have mm-hmm. it. I have it. Uh, so, so he's like, "Take me back, please." Like I've reformed, and she's like, Ooh, "I don't, you know, maybe like Tom and I are an item, but he's all, you know, sort of away at Lance Corona's foodstuffs, and uh, and then maybe like Tom accidentally like happens upon Brian Cranston, and mm-hmm. he's he's like in his home, and like Tom just like walks past like the window. And you yeah. can see it's Brian Cranston, <laughs> and he's got a timer running uh, <laughs> on his desk, and it's clearly like hour five of that timer. And he's looking at Brawbusters Triple X once again, and his and his penis is just <laughs> glowing red because it's been so horribly chafed. And Tom yeah. is like, "Oh no, he's back to his old ways." And uh, and he has to break the news to Julia. Yeah, God, I love that. What a what a hell of a twist <laughs> in the third act that we can just toss in there. Fuck yeah, dude! You have busted this thing, pun intended, wide open. <laughs> and it took me way less than it takes Brian. <laughs> I love it, man. I think this is a tight picture. I think we can easily get the funding for this, and I think we're gonna head straight off to film stock. Uh, yeah fuck yeah man uh, start casting this thing i think uh i think it's ready to ship i think so i think i think i'm very satisfied with this movie Mm -hmm. Uh, me too i would i would genuinely pay money to watch this movie (laughs) a movie with a restaurant shaped like julia roberts yeah and a clear view of brian cranston's extremely chafed penis extremely janked up dick yeah a hundred percent it's a it's a dead ringer for uh, the number one film at Sundance. Yeah. 
<laughs> Directed by uh, Robert Redford. There um. you go. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Luke, I think that'll do it for, for Larry Crown, as much as I love this film and playing in this this space. But I think, unfortunately, it's time to look forward. And mm-hmm. Luke, next week, we will be watching 2011's Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Nice, man. Yeah, so have you seen this flick? I have not, Okay. actually. I've read the book, but it's been many years, but I mm-hmm. haven't seen the movie. So I, th- I think it's time for us to, once again, say what we think the movie is about. Yeah, I think I think this is an art house film. Okay. And uh, all of the other things I know about it are complete red herrings. And that what this is is a performance art piece mm-hmm. um, of of uh, Toby Toby Maguire. That's the guy's name, right? Uh, I think from Spider Man. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Toby Maguire in an extreme close up, screaming. <laughs> for three hours straight. Wait, where's the, the performance of a lifetime from Toby Maguire? Wait, where's Tom in this though? Oh, Tom directed it. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I think this is Tom's Tom's take on a like Lars von Trier style <laughs> study of the human soul. Is just Toby Maguire just just screaming at the top of his lungs, tears streaming down his face for three hours. Okay, well, I'm Luke, I'm telling you, I think for the first time, I don't want to watch this film. <laughs> this is this That's is fair. F- Nobody does. It didn't get reviewed uh <laughs> terribly well. Didn't win any awards. Um Did yeah. you did you say how long it was? Um 3 hours, yeah. Oh, and he's just screaming the whole time? The whole time. It's really impressive. I mean, the the amount of training the, uh-huh. the physical condition that we had to get Tobey Maguire in to, to make this movie happen, I mean, it's it's incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is he, is he just sort of, like, dripping blood out of his mouth by the end of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. His <laughs> lungs are shredded wheat by the end of this film, for sure. Okay. Well, yeah, this is the first one you've come up with that I very much don't want it to be. Yeah, that's that's fair. Well, Sam, what do you think it is then? Well, Luke, I think Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close is Tom's first foray into superhero movies. Ooh, okay. And, and I think he plays the supervillain Sonic Boom. And oh, it's, nice. It's a character who is incapable of doing anything other than shouting. Mm. But and And his sort of thing is that he tricks people. He's sort of a small-time supervillain, but he tricks people into getting very close to him, and then he screams in their ears, and Mm. he's, like, really high energy. It's kind of the perfect role for Tom because it's just shouting and, like, jumping around and shit and, like, getting in Mm -hmm. people's faces and going, like, ah! And then, like, uh, and (laughs) running away, and uh, and I think he's got, like, a big sort of, um, his big plot is that uh, he builds a giant, gigantic, city-sized megaphone that he's going to (laughs) lower directly over New York City. And then he's going to get on top of it, and he's going to scream into it, 
and it the just the sheer power of Tom's voice projected through that giant megaphone will destroy the city and kill nice. everyone in it. And so um I I don't necessarily know the superhero going up against him. Yeah. Um but but it is someone. Uh, I, d- I don't know if, like, uh, maybe it's Green Lantern or maybe, like, <laughs> uh, some sort of, like, offshoot. Or like Yeah. Or it's uh, it's Tobey Maguire, fresh out of his <laughs> other film, as, as Spider-Man again. Actually, it would almost be perfect if it's Tobey Maguire fresh off of your hellish three-hour pick because he can't. He can't make any noise, so he's yeah. the, he's the perfect foil to Sonic Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the man has been uh, vocally rendered impotent <laughs> for sure after the performance of a lifetime. Yeah, so so that's what I think. Uh, extremely loud and incredibly close is nice. I you know what? As always, time will tell, and one of us is bound to be correct for sure. I think so. Um. God, I hope it's not you, Luke. I really hope it's not you this time. Uh, but folks, uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of our podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. Uh, you can also email us at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Please send us an email. Luke, um, I, I won't read it on air because it's actually far too uh, too nice, but Tuck uh, sent us a very encouraging email telling us basically to hang in there because, uh, mm. you know, he, he saw we were going through some hard times, and it was a genuinely heartwarming email. Tuck, thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, apparently, Larry Crown is just what we needed. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, send us your, your thoughts uh, about Tom's conspiracies, uh, about uh, you know again if you saw Polar Express with Luke in theaters um, <laughs> we would really appreciate that information uh, Luke can't sleep anymore because he has no idea who he saw that movie with yeah it's still a mystery we really need somebody to X-Files the shit out of that and figure out who saw the Polar Express with me please yes please yeah we've tried to get the FBI on it and they, they completely refuse Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but also, uh, please uh, write us a review on Apple Podcasts and share us with a friend. Uh, Luke and I, uh, just too dumb, too dumb to really promote this podcast, and so it mm-hmm. would really, really be a big help if you could do it for us. Um, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Ryan Boyd for our kick-ass intro music. You can find them on Twitter at RyanDroid, that's D-R-O-Y-D, and again, just want to send another shout out to the Sick Girl Missives uh, and and the Jillians who host it. Uh, they were great to have on the podcast. Please listen to theirs. Uh, it's a great, great podcast, and uh, and just much better than ours. Uh, so, Luke, do you have a final quote for us? I do. I genuinely don't remember what this was in reference to, but I have it written down, and it is well. It hurts getting kicked back there no matter what the language. (laughs) (laughs) Was that her tattoo that said soy sauce? No, I kind of think it was them talking about him getting fired in the beginning. I genuinely don't remember the context (laughs) on that. So, Oh, God. Well, folks, 
thank you so much for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. We'll be back next week with 2011's Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. <laughs>